We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Vet Story. I'm Rod Rodriguez. And I'm a little sick right now. Uh, you probably can hear it in my voice. I'm a little uh, stuffed up. And that's because I live in the D.C. area and... We are at ground zero for the coronavirus. I'm kidding. I don't have coronavirus, but I do have the flu and I just got over it. But uh, luckily, I'm getting over it. I'm over the hump and I'm a little congested. So I apologize if I sound a little weird, a little stuffed up. But uh, sick or not, I really am excited to introduce you to one of my favorite veteran podcasts. It's called Team Room Talk with Chris McPhee. And what makes this podcast even more special, aside from the fact that it's a really well done show that brings veterans and people from the veteran community, the military community in to talk with Chris McPhee, who is a retired Green Beret. What makes the show even more special to me is that I know Chris. Uh, Chris McPhee is a very good friend of mine and we've done our time overseas together. We came back. And we kind of jumped into the world of entrepreneurship uh, together. So it's with a great pleasure that I introduce you to Chris McPhee from Team Room Talk. Chris, thanks for being on Vet Story. Thank you for having me, Mr. Rod Rodriguez, my man. <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> so you and I are going to be doing a Vet Story very soon where we're going to talk about a story that was very profound and uh, very life-changing for, for you from your time in service or as your time as a veteran. But before we get to that story, which will be coming out in the new season of Vet Story, I wanted to introduce these folks, our listeners, to you and Team Room Talk. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, as you've already mentioned, I'm, I'm a veteran, retired, a former Green Beret. You know, I was stationed at Fort Bragg, came out of 3rd Special Forces Group. My time there was very uh, interesting. I learned a lot while I was at Fort Bragg. I learned a lot while I was in the military and also definitely being a Green Beret. I learned a ton of things from the people on my team, the places I, I was deployed to, the people I met when I got there. And just while on service, looking forward to see what the future would look like for me. And I started traveling down the road of entrepreneurship. What is Team Room Talk about? So the Team Room Talk podcast is a, a series of candid conversations uh, with not really famous people. I would say uh, they're not really, you're not going to hear somebody super famous on the Team Room Talk. It's just people within our space, whether it be at work or within the veteran community um, that have a story to share and that we talk about their successes and failures. And the reason why I call it the Team Room Talk Initially, I had another podcast that I had an idea for, didn't really pan out the way I wanted it. So I came back and I was like, I want this to be genuine. I want people to listen to it and feel like they're in the room. And I remember my days of being in the team room on an ODA, on, you know, operational detachment alpha. 
and, and just the conversations we would have, they would be sad, they would be happy, um, we would be angry with each other. Um, people would talk about their family, you know, problems we're having with our wives, our girlfriends, our kids. They were just real conversations. So this month, Team Room Talk is going to be focusing on Black History Month. This is especially important to you as a Black veteran, as a Black Green Beret veteran. Um, my understanding is there aren't that many Black Green Berets. You are definitely right. Um, it's something uh, I did not know until I actually was through the Q course, the qualification course, and on an ODA. It, it didn't really hit me until maybe a couple years into where I realized like, Everywhere I went, I was like one of maybe 60, one of 12, or, you know, I have a hashtag I throw out there sometimes, one of 12. It's it's definitely one of 12 members on an ODA, but sometimes I'm always one of 12. Uh, but no, there's not that many, not only just Black Green Berets, but minorities in general in the Special Operations Force. Um, we know that across the board, Rangers, Delta, whatever special mission unit you are in, you know, on whatever service platform, it's the same. So um, not just only in the Army and the Green Berets, it's it's apparent across the board. And, and you know, you, you hit it right on the head with that one. Why is this important to you? Why is Black History Month important to you? My, my thought behind it was, let's highlight current Black history. What's going on right now within, you know, the Black community, military, entrepreneurship, politics, what have you. Um, I try to stay away from politics, you know, that's, my, that's not really my thing. I'm all about the people and, and the people is not politics. And that's just my point of view. I wanted to make it about current Black history going on right now that is, changes are still happening. Even though Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all the past people, they started it off, but there's people now that's continuing the journey and continuing to make a difference, not only for Black folks, but for just people of color in general. Everywhere on every platform, if they feel like they're not getting their fair shake. People are speaking up. It's not even just about, oh, the black man's getting a shorthand of the stick. Whoever's getting a shorthand is speaking up and is like, hey, I, I'm getting a short end. Like, let me get my cut. Men and women across the board. How would you describe the, the Team Room Talk to somebody who's interested in listening? What can they expect? Why should they subscribe? Um, it's not about how to post this or how to make this quick thing. It's it's about life. And, and more, more, more importantly, if you listen to it, you'll hear me drop little nuggets about myself. And it's therapy for me just to be comfortable with who I am and help me deal with the problems that I've had in my life. So if anybody, you know, if I would say why, because it's real. Awesome. And where can people go to listen to Team Room Talk? So you could find the Team Room Talk podcast on iTunes. You can find it on Podbean. Um, you could find it on um, Spotify, Stitcher, most of your pod podcast platforms. And then also um, teamroomtalkpodcast.com. If you punch that in, it'll take you right to my Podbean account and you'll be able to download there. That's that's where you can find us. I hope you tune in and, and download and listen. Please. Uh. <laughs>
Let's take. We don't record now. We don't, <laughs> we, we, we are we not in control now. of this anymore. <laughs> uh, we, we're going live. Finally. Finally. After. We had some technical difficulties. That's a hundred. What? 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 Technical difficulties. Here we are, Chris McVee, Carla Bond, Team Room Talk, live on Wednesday here, Bunker Labs, VIR. Hello, hello, hello. We work center, um, Washington, D.C. We're live, and we have mom watching us. Hi, mom. Y'all say hi to my mom, y'all. <laughs> hey, hey, mama. So, <laughs> so, so, here we are, Team Room Talk, with Carla Bond, uh, CEO and founder of Upskill VR. Um, this is a very interesting podcast. I'm very excited to do this one. Um, because virtual reality is a thing that's been happening with gamers and just a whole lot of things out there. Right. Uh, so I, I'm not going to delay this anymore because we had some delays. <laughs> and, and I want to dive right into it. So tell everybody out here listening to the Team Room Talk, how did you get involved with VR and, and you know how did you get to the point where you are today? So I've been a gamer for a long time and i still retro game i'm a uh, an old head <laughs> i like my nintendo my Sega. nintendo yes nintendo I still got 64 one. yeah i still got one so, so you I, had so you used to do this yep i still do it almost daily blowing, <laughs> blowing like, them like what did that do <laughs> you're supposed to clean it because that's actually not even how you're supposed to do it. you're supposed to actually take a q-tip and clean it but you know, Everybody we just, just blow in it, cartridge, <laughs> spitting and stuff all over then, the place. And then put it in and, and then somehow <laughs> and it hope. worked. Okay. We okay. pray. We pray on that thing. That's what we do. Okay. <laughs> and hope that it'll work. But yeah, I started with that. And I started using VR just for fun. And then I realized like that children in other countries were using VR to learn with. And it got this wild hair. If children can use it, why can't adults? So I had been an instructor for quite some time. And I was over PowerPoint Instructing myself. Instructing where? Where were you instructing? I was a CPR instructor for a long time. I started off te- uh, as an instructor, as a smoking cessation instructor. Then I started teaching emergency management you, courses. You say smoking cessation? Smoking cessation. Well, uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to get rid of these smokers out here. Okay, okay. okay. Smoking cessation. <laughs> so like to help people. Stop smoking. Quit. Okay, okay. I'm thinking something else. Let me oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Lord, <laughs> you, I don't, do I want to know? No. <laughs> I don't think no, I want to no, know. No, no, no. no. Just don't, don't pay no attention. Okay. To Go ahead. Scratch keep, going. That. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But once I started teaching, I kind of got over it. So I was mm-hmm. trying to find fun ways of getting through my classes. I was over the PowerPoints and was, I've had enough of the videos. So it, looking at those kids, if they can learn math on it, why can't we learn anything else? So this kind of took me where I was. So I reached out to some developers, got started developing myself. And then realized that wasn't something I really wanted to do, develop-wise. So I reached out to them and let them do it, and Upskill VR was formed. So how did you get to the point where, you know, everybody has that aha moment where you were sitting down one day, it's like, you know what? I'm going to take VR, and I'm going to take CPR, and I'm going to combine the two. Like, what were you doing at that moment? Take us back there. I want to know what you was thinking. Like, how did you have the aha moment? I don't know. I think it was just one of the times that I was sitting in class and I had a room full of people and I actually was tired of teaching the class myself. <laughs> so Traditional tra- stand up. Tra- traditional. You know, here's the, the mannequin. Here's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's the mannequin. Here's a PowerPoint. Put your hand there and hope for the best. And then at the same time, I knew that when people left my class, if I came to them 
maybe even a month later, they weren't going to remember anything I said. Because that mannequin looks nothing like a human. I don't care how much the skin that they try to use, try to make it look like a human, it doesn't. So when that, I realized when that, as a first responder myself, I'm taken aback by certain calls that we get on. So heaven forbid it's a person that doesn't do this every day or doesn't even do it on a regular basis. They come across a human and that human looks nothing like that mannequin. Yeah, that that's going to be a problem. So I still, of course, went down the rabbit hole, started researching and use use my the best resource that I had at that time. Google. <laughs> wow. So, you, so, so let's let's go. Let's go back. So you mean to tell me everything you have created with upskill VR was based off of what you learned or, or researched on Google. Yes. (laughs) Outside of my own personal experience, you know, um, I ran a call a few years ago and it was this nurse, according to her, she had been a nurse for quite some time. And when one of her family, family members, Jesus Christ, I'm struggling to talk now. One of her family members had a, a issue and they ended up, collapsing collapsing and she was so taken aback by and so in her emotions that she she didn't even perform cpr on them the person was still still wedged between the toilet when we got there and this is a nurse so how many in my brain at that point i'm thinking how many cpr cards have how many years has she recertified in cpr but when it came down to actually doing it and this this person is no longer a mannequin and it's a human the emotional sides that come with doing CPR, nobody deals with that. So that was my point at that point. I was kind of fed up with it. And I, at one point, didn't even want to teach CPR anymore without having to change the way this is done because people just don't remember it. It's boring. It's long. It's not even realistic. So I knew with the environments and the way VR was starting to come that I, I knew I could make that happen that way. And those kids and different countries kind of stem from that because I was looking at the t- statistics of those children that were, were using different sciences and using it for sciences, field trips, places. They would come to America, to D.C. in VR, but they're in a totally different country. Mm. But they were here in that moment. So I knew then if I can, if they can take that and make that the most realistic environment at that moment, I knew I could do it with a scenario-based type thing because that's essentially what what gamers do you get into these scenarios when you're dealing with rpgs and things like that you're just going through an environment but it's in 2d so how much more would that be to do it in 3d so what's your favorite game right now pistol whip pistol whip pistol whip is my favorite game it just came out you you have to make me smart because i have no clue about the gaming industry (laughs) my my son plays Fortnite. and oh god no my kids uh, play it too minecraft those those is no. two Minecraft. So so pistol whip. Pistol whip. What's that all about? It's that like, sounds. No, hold it, on. It's fun. Pistol whip. I'm thinking like pistol whip. Like no, with a pistol. No, you're not going around smacking okay, people okay, with pistols. Okay. See, see, <laughs> no, see, absolutely not. See, see why I'm saying that. that's why I don't game. I'm gonna stick to podcasting. We're trying to keep things legal in yes. VR. Okay. <laughs> we ain't going around smacking people with guns in VR. Well, I mean that would be kind of a cool game though. No, no. You no, get no. angry, just go smack. We're but not, either way, but, attention. <laughs> This is a public service announcement. We, we are, are not, not promoting, promoting violence. violence. <laughs> <laughs> you, you exactly knew where I was going. With yeah, that my one. mama's shaking my, her head we right now. Not, Sorry, mom. We we're, we're not we're promoting. Not, no, we're not promoting we're violence. Not, so, so pistol whip. Like, what happens in that game? So, it's it, they basically took the game Beat Saber. So, let me explain Beat Saber. Beat Saber. You essentially have 
lightsabers like you're in on Star Wars template for all my Star Wars fans out there. Shout out to all the Star Wars fans. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I love me some Star Wars. But you since you have these like sabers that you had that you have and these squares are coming at you and you have to hit them in the direction of the arrow that's pointing to the beat of the song. So they took that concept and then put you in sort of like this James Bond type deal. Mm -hmm. So you're shooting people to the shooting objects that look like people. (laughs) We're not promoting Clean that up. Clean it up. You see how I clean it up? (laughs) 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 We're... Where you take, at that point, you're in this sort of like this James Bond type cop type deal shooting bad guys as they pop out in front of you to the beat of the song. Okay. So, and they're coming from everywhere. So you have to, you have to really be on your so end game a, and really be accurate. So they mixed that all and now you have yeah, Pistol. Yeah, Pistol, pistol Whip. Because Beat Saber before was my favorite game by Beat far. That's, I mean, it sounds like one of my games, I think, when, when I did have a gaming console was uh, Halo. I couldn't really, cause uh, I'm not, I couldn't really get in. I mean, I mean, it's, it's it was easy for me, you know, the the uh, force on force. Yeah, uh, it was real easy. But other than that, um, I can't sit down that long. <laughs> so you got to play it in spurts. Like I can't you know, sit down. it's not that bad. You got to play it in spurts. I actually, I actually, I was, uh, I bought the console and I sat down and I actually played the game for like three hours the first yeah. time out the box. After that, I was just like. No, I'm done. Oh, no, no, no. Say, the newer consoles, I'm not going to play those anyway that long. But you give me, I can't count the number of times that I've beat Mario World. I can't count the number Mm. of times. And each time I do it, it's like the first time. So I I will go Killer Instinct is in Battle Royale in my house when we play Killer Instinct. So, (laughs) So, So let's dive in and tell me how uh, we'll upskill VR like change uh, the world as we see it now with CPR, with the with the old method of having a mannequin, doing your compressions, you know, uh, everybody swapping s- spit on that mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to take the alcohol pad and, you know, everybody's using, sometimes the, mecha- the mannequins were dirty. I'm never going to look at, look that, you first know, of all, my mannequins are not dirty. They had like little dirt on yeah, the side because they've been know. getting thrown in the closet. <laughs> You got a mannequin sitting in a closet, you know. uh, So, so tell, so tell us how um, upscale VR is gonna change the way people learn CPR. Um, Because I remember the other day, I put on your VR goggles. It's a headset. Okay, headset. See, see, I I, I was like, is it goggles? No, it's a headset. Headset, and I. We're not even going to talk about what happened after. All I right, Tammy Tiptoe. No, go ahead and let your audience know what happened. Because so, so, if you don't, so true I story. <laughs> true story. I'm going to tell it as true as I can tell it. Okay. So Chris McPhee put on the VR It's the Oculus headset. Quest. There we go. That that brand. Yes. That model. And she put me, Carla put me in this skyscraper, uh, skyscraper scenario. How, far, how, how many stories up is that? It's like. About 10. By 10 stories. Mm-hmm. It was high. So you get in this elevator and you go up to the top and the elevator opens and this is plank. It's called Richie's Plank. By Richie's the way. Plank. There we go. If Richie's anybody want to go so, check it out. So it's I, awesome. I start, I'm like, whoa, 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 this is real. So my my body sensor, sensories just uh, thought we were like up 10 stories yeah. in a skyscraper. 
And uh, I was I was I was a little taken back, like stepping out there. Yeah, that's an understatement. I started low crawling on no, the plank. No, he's talking about low crawling. <laughs> no, Tammy tiptoe was over there, belly crawling on the floor. I, I was low crawling on the plank. <laughs> Complete belly crawl. Do but, you hear me? <laughs> but, but overall, I I that experience. You know, I could see how adding CPR to it and putting people in scenarios. Um, so tell me, how, tell us how you plan to do that. So we bring the human element back to CPR. And I feel like that got lost somewhere that we got as instructors. We got so caught up in just kicking out cards that we forgot that these skills that we're taking people on or giving them, giving them to do, they're going to go do them on some humans. And they need to know what they're doing. So, and the scenarios that we create aren't realistic at all because the average mannequin doesn't even have arms and legs. So there's nothing human about it except for possibly the features in the face. And that wasn't enough for me. So what we plan on doing and what we actually are doing at this point, we put people in the most realistic scenario that we can without it being real. That's the closest thing to uh, somebody going into cardiac arrest that you have to say that you'll ever get without somebody actually going into cardiac arrest. So when you put that headset on, you're you completely leave the environment that you're in. So you're in a totally different world. We can put you on a street corner. We can put you in a park. We can put you in a school and somebody in front of you is going to collapse. And you have to take the skills that we've taught you and now save the person in VR. You can kill you can not save the person or you can potentially injure or hurt yourself and there are things that you have to take into an account when you're actually doing cpr in a real situation so if i become one of your students like what's the process like what's the first thing i have to do a series of train up before i actually go and test like what do you what's the process for that so to become a student you just reach out to us on mm-hmm. my website upskillvr.com and one of the training specialists will get back in contact with you to figure out exactly what you need. And you don't have to do anything else. We bring everything to you. Wow. So you just so show you, we just show up. Just is it, so is it like individual organization or both. both? Both. We primarily focus on organizations, but we've done training for individuals as well. We're never turning turning by the way. We have a campaign that we're working on in twenty twenty. It's a million heroes campaign. So mm. we wanna go around the US using um VR technology upskill is going to go around the u.s and literally try attempt to train one million people in one year are you the only one doing this now the way that we are yes really yes other there are different types of trainings that are being done in vr with cpr but they're not like we do it (laughs) what's different about upskill so the different types of trainings they have with vr (laughs) without getting way too deep in the wheels you have their different types of uh Ways that you can utilize it, whether it's like a 360 video where you're somebody's pre-recorded this video and you're an observer versus being with us. You're literally a participant. This is not something that's pre-recorded. You have to watch somebody else do. You have to do it. So that that's the biggest differentiator between us and other people that are using VR for any type of emergency training, emergency response training. They, they're using 360 video. So you're observing, which is nothing wrong with that. But you need to hone your skills. So mm-hmm. the best way to do it is to do it. So we're we going to scare you a little bit. That's I, the I know. point. We're going to scare you I a little bit. I know it's going to be a little scary. It's gonna be yeah. a, but that's the point. But those are the emotions that you need to know that you, you're going to have. So that when you take the headset off, we can talk about it. So I can tell you that at this point, your heart rate was at 110. Tell me what you were thinking right then. So let's talk when about I was that. On the, when I was on this 
the plank. Yeah. The plank. Yeah, I could feel it. Yeah. My heart my heart rate was uh was up. It was, so it was so up you there. were monitoring that through the headset. Yeah, I, I I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, I have the headsets calibrated to be able to do that. Wow. And then for doing the CPR, we for the people who can't tolerate it, we do have options for people who can't tolerate the 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 headset, but with something so simple as putting a Fitbit on. At this point during the CPR, I can tell you that your heart rate was this and your CPR compression rate went down to here or before you even started. I can let's deal with the the actual physiality of what's going on in inside you even before you get started. So let's talk about that. So I I let my instructors they run you through the entire scenario and the first time is prompted. So you're literally being told step by step by step what to do. But the second time that we run you through, after we talked about your emotions, what you were thinking, giving you some tools to try to calm yourself down in the moment, because in those moments you are going to need to calm down. And in order to be able to do what you need to do, we give you those tools and then we put you back into the headset. This time it's not prompted. You have to figure everything out. You just have to execute. Yeah. Yeah. So I I couldn't see what you were doing um, once I had the headset on. So like, how do you control that or... Like, what's the system that you're using when the, the student or the trainee is in, in, in the headset? It's a part of the program, that the software program that we use to conduct the training. It's just it's, we can see the analytics of what's going on while you're in there. On top of that, our instructors usually use something, some type of device as a, something sort of like a Fitbit so you can feel it. Okay. So, so in the moment when we're going back and talking about it and we're literally playing back the video of your experience because it's record we record you Mm. in vr so you can see how well you did and then at this particular moment you were doing chest compressions at this particular time but you forgot to breathe or you stopped or whatever the situation was i can see to the minute of what that was and then turn around and look at your heart rate and take you back to that place so we can talk about what you were feeling and what you were thinking in that moment that's definitely amazing because i'm thinking back to normal cpr well I guess normal, right? Uh, it is analog. <laughs> there CPR you are. I classes. like that. I'm gonna use like that. I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that. Analog classes. Yeah, I'm stealing that. <laughs> where you're just like you're just pushing on a mannequin. Uh, you, you know, there's no way for the instructor to evaluate. To make that real. Um, you know, they had that little. You know, the little box off to the side. Mm-hmm. It would light up red right. or green if you were you right. know, doing it properly. Uh, but but I think I think you having that type of information and being able to read a person's uh, mm-hmm. body uh, um, reaction or, mm-hmm. their, you know, the sensors in their brain and how they're reacting to the situation, I think that's very valuable um, for for saving lives. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's you and, like, what's your staff look like? You have, like... All of our staff are either veterans or first responders. That's one of the requirements that you have to be one of the two. Okay. We have a Why? lot of people. Why? Because those are the people who I wanted on my staff, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> there was no real rhyme. Yeah, sense. there was no real rhyme or reason Makes other sense. than outside of the first being a first responder. Because I don't, certain things, if you've been in the game for long enough, I don't have to teach you as a first responder. I just have to teach you this is what you need to portray to the students. And you bring in real world years and years and years of hands-on experience. Um, my my most senior instructor, the train because we call ourselves training specialist. Okay. My most senior training specialist. He retired as a medic from the army, then retired from the fire service. So wow. he's he's been in the game. So he's got almost, like forty years at least. Fifty. 
50 years of, at and least. And he's still going. Wow, that's awesome. So that, that's the type life of experience saving. that that, that our instructors are bringing. And that we have a couple of instructors that are still active police officers right now. We're bringing all of that experience into the classroom. So it's, you're, you're, it's, not, it's just certain things I just don't have to teach them. And as an initiative for just my other veterans, my brothers in arms, I want to make sure that they have an outlet, you know. And I feel like there, there's a missing link there that – some people may not realize that they have it and that still have that active service. And that I, some of the, I'm not saying going to say that that is the cause of certain suicides, but I feel like if I can just help that in any kind of way by giving them another way to serve, because that's the way that they're used to doing anyway. And if it's something that they're in, interested in, they gives them a skill that they can use outside of upskill as to, as to become an instructor. And then they're serving the public, which is what they're used to doing anyway. So for the veterans that are not employed or underemployed, that's why I target them. So right now you have the CPR going, uh, training. What uh, what other training venues do you have within Upscale? So we have what we call a Bu- Bu- <laughs> Blueprint Emergency <laughs> Training. Bu. Bu. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but what we do is we come into people's homes and we teach them how to prepare their house in the event of an emergency. So something so simple as if your house catches on fire, do you know where your two-year-old is going to be? Because they're not going to be in the bed. In the event that the front door is not an option, do you know how to get out of here? Do you know some things that you need to have in your house to be able to save you in the in the event something happens? Do you understand that you can move over one piece of furniture six inches and it can save your life just by moving one piece of furniture over? Wow. So wow. we come. We so get how the, does that happen? Because I'm, I'm thinking like. Is my house set up? Probably for not. Emergency? And it probably like, not. And then yeah. I'm looking at it from a first responder. It's a night. Some houses that we go into are nightmares because mm. we have trouble getting into them. So it's just stuff, just random place that it doesn't need to be. Also, the average runtime for a lot of places is about eight to 10 minutes. Mm. So if your car is flipped over and it's on fire and you can get out, but you don't know how, you might burn up by the time we get yeah. there. Or you may be passed out from smoke smoke inhalation, things of that nature before we get there. So we teach you how to give you, not only teach you, but give you the tools, things, fire extinguishers, the rescue me tool that we have to self-extricate yourself out of the car. We also teach children how to self-extricate themselves. I never can say that word right. Get themselves out the car. How about that? (laughs) That's that's how I'm going to say it. That would work. Yes. You know, how to be able to get themselves out of the car. Because let me paint you a scenario. You're in a car accident. And you're passed out, but your seven-year-old in the back is not. Your hood's on fire. The car's flipped over. Kid need to get out of there because the ambulance and fire engine are nine minutes away. The kid can be done passed out by the time we got there just from smoke inhalation alone. But if you teach them how to get out of there and have that tough conversation with them about getting out, then they might be able to save that child's life. So we give them the tool and we teach them how to do it. Wow, wow, that's it. Man, VR saving lives. Saving lives. No, we you for the the blueprint training. We come to your house and we use oh, so your. The blue, so the blueprint is not in VR. Oh, we use your stuff. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. We come into your house. I get the the blueprint name because we get the blueprint of your house. That's one of the requirements that we got to have. We got to have have the rooms and we need to know what it looks like. And one of the training specialists will come in and see the house and see the layout of the house, and then we'll schedule the training after that. We don't want you to change anything before we get there. So. So let me get this straight. I'm, let me let me understand this. I'm, I'm, I'm. So what's the most like disorganized or the most difficult call you arrived and the house was a mess as far as like getting to 
um, the patient or the person in, in, in that needed your help? It was actually here in D.C. Um, I'm not originally from this area. I'm from mm-hmm. Louisiana originally. So we ran a call here, and it was an elderly person. Um, she was obese, and she was up a flight of stairs that somewhat went around a curve in the house. The best way kind of I can un- explain what it looks like was a curve. So we get there and we couldn't open the door because it was so much stuff mm. that was just you right mean her there. front door, her front door. Wow. Like the door was unlocked, but we had to shove the door open because she had boxes, just stuff uh-huh. everywhere. So we make our way up the stairs and the bedroom wasn't quite as bad, but w- the way she had the, the bed position we had a hard time trying to get her out of their room simply because of the way she had the bed position and then the what because of the way the bed was positioned in relation to the door and her size it took six of us to how to kind of maneuver her out of there because it was just all she had to do was move the bed well one change the position of the bed like instead of being horizontal being vertical change the position and put the bed on the other side of the room we wouldn't have that problem wow. just making that one change in her, that one change in her room wow, wow. That, that makes it that, in I, the bedroom beside cleaning the house up wow. just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> outside let's, of let's, that let's start there step one yeah keep, clean keep the house. house tidy but she just in case she couldn't get around she yeah. she was she was a large person. Lots of people have so, That's a serious yeah. thing. That's a serious but thing. But it was a nightmare for us because we're trying to get her down the stairs, but we're having to maneuver <laughs> around all this stuff in in just in the way. Um, people sometimes just don't realize just, yeah, it looks good in this position, but if you just move it, move a couch over, over just a little bit more, it can one somewhat baby proof your house because people think about the plugs and things in the corners of, of chairs, things that, but when, if they're anything like my son, my son thinks he's Peter Pan sometimes. He feels like he's going to jump on, get on something and jump off. And I think he thinks he can fly and it never works. So, <laughs> and <laughs> I've run enough call with kids with, with, you know, dislocated arms, things of that nature to know my son ain't the only one that thinks that way. So if you just move furniture just a little bit, sometimes it can prevent a ho- even injuries. People don't think about it. you should probably have, you should have a fire extinguisher in your car. So if I go home tonight, today, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of like set my house up, what's something like how what's some things I should look at my house right now when I go home this evening? I could kind of reconfigure to make it easier for you know someone like yourself, first responder, to make it easy for you guys when you arrived and you know help save me or somebody in my house. First thing is there anything that's impeding the door opening? Okay completely and if depending on how the layout of your house is kind of hard to say but if you don't have so that, i have a three story so i have basement mid-level uh, yeah your house uh, is and, like then, ours. and then then the second floor where so all the your stairs need to there there should be nothing anywhere near those stairs when we're going up yeah um when you're going into different bedroom doors ladies unfortunately you're going to move lamps you want to move dressers you want to move things because if that door won't completely open it's going to be a problem it could be a problem getting not only for us getting in for you getting out because mm-hmm. in the event when say your house hypothetically smoke rises and it's in the living room that smoke is going to come upstairs to the bedroom and you can't see so if you can barely open the door and you don't know what's on the floor in front of the door now you got a problem not only do you have to get out you got to figure your way out mm-hmm. and 
know the layout of your house know exactly where things are so you should be able to maneuver around your house without even being able to see it that's the biggest thing for you i think about the movie enough with jennifer lopez in it okay. where she learned step by step where the couch was where the chair was so whenever the or i think it was her ex-husband if i'm not mistaken um came in to try to hurt her she knew the house better than he did and she strategically moves a, a certain number of steps just so she knows so if you i i know my house that way to the point to where i can tell you how many steps my steps it is from my front door to my first couch that i'm gonna get to that's on the left hand side so not maybe not being that intricate but you at least need to know the approximate distance so we teach you things like that you know come coming in and and making sure that if nothing else you know your house when we leave so i'm hearing clear paths clear paths and no paths yeah and know the layout of your house Mm -hmm. what's what's another one have have a fire extinguisher in there have a fire That's, extinguisher. I don't have one. That's, for for every level I you need, need one. To. Yeah, for every level you need one fire extinguisher. Dude, I mean, like, so they have you can go to Home Depot. Home Depot. You can, you can go to Home Depot. House. I think I think I've had one before, a little small one. They come in different colors, yeah. right? They're like, uh, I think they, they do. Come I think in. it's like this new modern. Oh, I'm gonna style. say the ones I've seen at Home Depot are the red ones. The red ones, but they come in different sizes. Okay, but you can just have just a, a small one, and then understand, don't put water on every fire. I can't stress that enough. Please don't put water on everything that catches on fire because it could get worse. <laughs> For example? If your grease is on fire, don't put no water on that. Yeah, grease fire is not. Don't put no that, water on that's, that. That's not a good. First thing, remember, cut cut the heat source off. I can't tell you how many times that I've come into a house and it's smoke everywhere, but the stove is still on. Just mm. Cut it off. <laughs> Start there. <laughs> little safety. People, people lose their mind when yeah. uh, tragedy and, happens. And then and we teach you to calm down. So what we do to create that panic, we blindfold you. We blindfold you and make you get around your house, Whoa. make you get out your car. So when we put um, you in the car, Man, I'm going to. serious training. It's like. <laughs> we lock the doors but you like don't a, know which door is locked only one of them is like open a pow camp up in here yeah but kid but you will be surprised kids are by far the ones that catch on the quickest so try before you pry things that things that they teach us so if i blindfold you you should you should know to pull the door before you panic you know and sometimes people just don't don't calm down enough to think about like hey this is my car <laughs> It, I got to get out of here and think safely. So we just make you panic a little bit. So you don't know which one of the doors is going to be locked. <laughs> so I definitely, you get out. I definitely see, you know, I'm, I'm pitching in my head like, man, I need to go home and I need to go safety proof my house. Like, yeah, it's just know. something just, just knowing your house, whether you move anything or not. I'm not saying that mm. you got to move. You, some people may need to move stuff mm. and some people may not, but if nothing else, if, if I asked you right now, where is the tallest dresser in your in your house? Where is it located and what's beside it? And approximately it, how far is it it's from? It's in my bedroom because, you know, I'm a little vertically challenged. And I can't <laughs> use it. That top drawer. He said that, not me. The, the top, actually, this dresser is like about as tall. As, I'm 5'5", five five, so this dresser is up there. And when I open the top drawer, uh-huh. I could barely see in it sometimes. So I have to like tippy toe up. To get on. So but for you, that's that that is the tallest one. That's, 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 that's like, oh, oh, you gonna ask me that question? Yeah. Like, oh, I know that. Yeah. I, I, so that I have is, this very okay. tall. 
beside it, uh, there's nothing because it's like right next uh, to the wall, and there's a there's a window there. So okay. It, there's nothing. Is that dresser right blocking side. any part of that window? No. Okay, that's no, good. No, no. That's it's what I'm saying. Like you might you don't you may need yeah. you may not need to do anything. So windows and doors, like yeah, that's what I'm picking you wanna up. Think, yeah, you think because you can get disposable ladders mm. that you can just roll up and keep in your house, mm. and they hook on the side of it. Because what if what if the front There's door is fire. not a what if the front yeah. door ain't an option, but you got to get out of there, and yeah. we eight minutes away, and that smoke is and getting thicker and thicker boom, and thicker. Boom. Yeah, just wow. and, and then and I'm not saying get out there and try to you know climb out the window and things of that nature, but you at least. <laughs> In the you event that you, that you, you have absolutely had to mm-hmm. and your life depending on it, you at least want the option like this is what I'm going to do. Basically having an emergency plan and making sure that everybody understands what to do. I mean, you know how it was when you were in school. We had fire drills, earthquake drills, yeah. drill drills. So <laughs> Even in my last, uh, in the workplace too, they have, they, they they have, have them. Some fire drills. But we don't think about that when we get home. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, not to say that you can't rely on EMS, that's what we're there for. But what are you going to do until we get there? Mm. You know, and you don't have any over the control over there. And sometimes we don't either. So, I mean, we get there absolutely as fast as we can. But the time frame when seconds count, I mean, you, you sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And then people and pets and things of that nature. It's just that was, that was my next question, B, because I have a little I have a little dog. So do you lock him up at night? No. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't, we he, teach you where he's probably so, gonna so, be. So, so definitely, you know, how does a person who has pets? I have a little eight pound dog, so I mm-hmm. can imagine somebody with like two or three big dogs. Like, what, what can they do? They have to one. It dep- and I think it just depends on again the lay of the house and what they what their routine normally is like. Because just like you have a routine, dogs have a routine. So we'll, we'll basically teach you where the dog is probably going to be like your kid is not going to be in the bed <laughs> if something happens mm. they don't they don't run on they don't run in the bed they don't do that no more so you mean if so this the is little kid the little kids but well if it's not at night everybody's sleeping everybody should be in their bed right should should be. should but yeah. in the event that something is going on kids may may or may not try to run to their parents room oh, okay. I see what you're and it what if what if it by the time because a lot of People sleep with their doors open, which I their bedroom doors open, which I don't suggest at all. Why not? Because you shut the door because it stops whatever smoke that could be Makes that sense. coming in there. So if your door is open <laughs> and your your smoke alarms don't work, which a lot of people's smoke alarms do not work. They're there, but they don't work. <laughs> and by the time you notice anything that's going wrong, it's engulfed. You can't even see your kid at that point. So what are you going to do? So do you know where to go look for them? Yeah. Do you know your house well enough to be able to crawl on the floor to go look for that child? Because you can't, you're, you may not be able to stand up. I'm not going to say you can't, but you may not be able to stand up and walk just to go get them because you can't see. And then you got to breathe too. So <laughs> if wow. you're walking through this smoke, then what are you going to do? Yeah. I never really looked at it. Uh, safety, you know. Most people first, don't. You know, from that perspective. So, how many years in the making uh, are you now to to upscale from the, when you started till now? Three years. Three years. Three years. Three years, and we're just getting our stride now. So we're just getting our stride. <laughs> just so three years three, in the making. Yeah, it took us it for me to go from concept to just having the viable software product was a year and a half. Wow! Because. One funding <laughs> was the big issue. Money, money, money. Yeah, funding was the money. big issue. And then I didn't. I knew 
what I knew, which was being a first responder. And I knew how to play VR and I knew how to play games, but how to take that to the education space. That's there was a period in time there where I just wasn't really even seeking funding. I wanted to figure out to make sure one, if this is something that I could actually pull off, which I mean, by that time, you weren't going to tell me that I couldn't anyway, but <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I was going to do it. And then what I wanted it to look like, what was its purpose? And then what were the capabilities and Oculus changed the game when they came out with that Oculus Quest, because prior to the Oculus Quest, you needed a $2,000 uh, computer. The headsets were six, $700. It wasn't a, a very much, uh, consumer market, regular consumer market. I'm not gonna say regular, but it wasn't geared yeah, toward like you know the average consumer yeah, yeah. is not gonna pay seven hundred dollars for a headset, and then you got to buy all the cables and the stands, and the, it it was a, it could get expensive very quickly. So when the Oculus, that, I mean, there were, there were other cheaper options, but they were not something that I can use because Google Cardboard has been around forever, and and but it's a cardboard box on your face that you got to hold there's nothing that i can do with that um there are certain mobile applications but there's no degrees of freedom so meaning the only thing that you can do is move your head to the left and to the right you can't interact with the environment the same way so when the oculus came out with the oculus quest where it has a six degrees of freedom and you can move around and is mobile you don't need a pc that changed the game for me wow wow so, so, so was it so the early stage prototype? Did you like? W w it was horrible. I mean, did you, like, <laughs> it was horrible. Little stick figures, well, little, little cutouts. Like, I mean, how'd you cook it up in the lab per se? <laughs> when Carla tried to get in there and develop it herself, yeah, that's pretty much what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> it was an ugly baby. Ooh, it was ugly. ugly baby. Ooh, it was one of them bless your heart babies. Bless. Like, that's a cute. That's he's bless, bless his, his heart. heart. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> is, that, is that what people say when they like, oh, bless his You see my baby? Oh, bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> Which translate, your baby ugly. You, you got an ugly baby. <laughs> you got an ugly baby. Like, there ain't no baby. Oh, that's what that is? All babies are cute. They all cute. To, to their parents. I didn't. I said all babies are cute hey, to their parents. Hey, I don't have to think your baby cute. Hey, you made that baby. <laughs> I was a cute baby. I, I like to think I was a cute baby. <laughs> I'm still cute. Like, <laughs> I was a cute baby. You know, I'm just saying. So you you you're there like uh you know, Doc, Dr. Jekyll, you know, Fr Frankenstein project trying to put this thing together. Yeah, I was learning and learning how to develop at the same time I was trying to develop. Mm. I had no experience <laughs> in development at all. So, yeah, that thing was hard. Who did you get to help you? I reached out to a company in the UK called Dual Good Health, and that's where... It, they did it. Essentially, they did it for me. Why not, why not the U.S.? Like, I didn't find out about the U.S. company Notion Theory until I got here at VIR. So our next projects that we're um, doing to upgrade what we currently have by putting different avatars, things of that nature, we're going to be working with Notion Theory here in D.C. for that. So right now we only have a male avatar. And right now in the U.S., as it stands, 37% of all females do not give seats. CPR performed on to them simply because they got boobs. Wow, wow, wow. 
but taking admit what makes it worse, we only make up half the population, fifty percent of the population. Yeah. So if you take thirty-seven percent from that, then yeah, that's a big problem. That's a big. That's a big problem. So big problem. You, so you brought it up to VIR here at Bunker Labs. Let's dovetail into that. Yes, uh, I want to know. So how'd you, how'd you find out about Bunker Labs, and how'd you uh, move your way to being a part of the residency? So I took. I'm finna screw this up. <laughs> Go ahead. It's it's okay. Entrepreneur. Like, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure I know, here. right? This, I'm this, sorry, this Hank. Is, this, this is just a regular conversation. Yeah, just a, just gonna... to let everybody know, this is the Team Room Talk podcast where we have candid conversations. Oh, it's going down. Real people <laughs> talking about the successes and failures of their journey. And so right now we're talking with uh, Collarbond talking about upskill VR. And how she got to the VIR. Mm. <laughs> Veterans and residents. Come on now. You got it right this time. All right. All right now. So how'd you get here? How'd you get so here? So I applied for the Entrepreneurship Boot Camp for Veterans, EBB. Were, was that through Capital Post or was that, who's mm. that, who'd you do? IVMF. Uh, don't make me say what the acronym okay. is. Okay. But okay. it's. IVMF. <laughs> yeah, those people. Are they, are they associated with Bunker Labs or is it a separate organization? That's a separate organization. So what they do, they have the they have this program called Veterans. I'm sorry. Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans, EBV. Okay. I did their training the first time at shout out to St. Joseph University. Their program there is called Veterans Entrepreneurship Jumpstart. Whoo, that's a lot to say, V-E-J. <laughs> but it's a 10-day residency that you go to university, and then they give you a crash course in 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 the MBA. So they cram, at least they attempt to cram years of college study into 10 days. You have all kinds of speakers, classes. You get your first dive into being in pitch. They give you all kind of training. So I did that, and from one of the speakers there mentioned um, Bunker Labs and advised that we do the launch lab online. And when I went and completed the launch lab online, I'm like, okay, what next? I'm done. I, <laughs> and from there, I found out about the VIR. And I applied to the VIR last year and didn't make it. But no, it wasn't because in it. I look back on it now. I wasn't ready. I, I why? Why do you think you wasn't ready? Because I didn't even have viable product, and I still had to bless your heart, baby, at the time. Okay. okay. No, so that was two years ago. Two years okay. ago. Two years ago. Okay. Was okay. it two years ago? I don't think it was two years ago. This but either 2019, way, 2018, 2017. I think it was the beginning. It was the beginning of twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, twenty eighteen, and I applied there but i had i didn't have an actual viable product i was still in the works with good dual good health but i hadn't partnered with them yet and yeah <laughs> from there i didn't get in my business name was totally different and <laughs> what was it before enlisted heroes rescue training long I'm like, I'm confused. Yeah. But see, my, my concept, <laughs> yeah. what I did end up learning from yeah, taking, training. doing the, the VEJ, I'm just going to use the acronyms, y'all. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I did the, once I did the, that 
particular program, that's what made me um, change my my business name because one of the things that they they taught you was about branding. And one of the score mentors, shout out to to Matt for that one. He was like, "It's too long. <laughs> that's too long. I'm not gonna remember that after we ha- after we you know leave each other here. I'm not gonna remember that." And then my concept for my business was that I teach CPR utilizing virtual reality versus my company is a virtual reality company that teaches CPR. So the whole concept changed and just from that one thing. And then when I applied again this time, of course I got in it this time because I had my stuff together. (laughs) What do you think about the process? Of applying? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad because I think because I had already gone through it before and not gotten accepted. And then I had done a lot of self-development on my own and learned a lot on my own in between there that I had a better concept of what they were looking for one and then how to answer the questions too. So <laughs> that was the biggest thing exactly, having exactly. to answer their profile, but it was a breeze the second time around yeah. the first time I was like, I don't even know what it you're makes, talking it about. Makes a difference. Yeah. Big it difference. Makes a difference. So you got to articulate your, uh, um, the one thing I like about, you know, I didn't even go through, through Launch Lab to find out about the VIR. So I I was introduced to Punker Labs by a friend of mine, uh, Rod Rodriguez. Um, and he had a, actually, I met Seda and Emily for the first time at the Capitol Post where he oh. recorded a podcast with them. Um, and we met. Oh, nice. We met during working with Intel analysts in, in Kuwait. So He's like, hey, man, you're in video. I'm doing this podcast. I want to get some video. You know, come over. So I came over. We did a little collaboration. And that's kind of how I figured out uh, what Bunker Labs was. Went to the muster, uh, 2018 muster. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this year, uh, 2019 muster, I hit that. And, you know, uh, I met along the way, met Kelly and Kim. And who else is on there? I worked with um, Rich Cardona. A couple of people in the VIR, in the last VIR I worked with and uh, leading up to That's applying, right. it was like, hey, Chris, you should apply. So I did. But uh, I could see where where you where you say, like, answering those questions I was going through. I was like, whoa, like, OK, I got to think about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was the know. biggest thing. I didn't I had I just had no answer for some of that yeah. stuff. And at that time, I hadn't zeroed in on exactly how I wanted this to look. I was still teaching at the same time, but VR was the, the VR. See, you got me saying it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> VR was an afterthought. I was still doing it the traditional way, gritting my teeth, but at the same time, I, I knew what I had going on in, in the background. So you were teaching first, and then you added the VR? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I know you said you was a gamer what 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 made you say you know what i need to make this virtual reality versus analog cuz it was boring i i dreaded teaching the classes yeah. as much as as i'm pretty sure the people <laughs> yeah. that Those were taking CPR it, classes are not fun, fun at all and i don't care how many antics that that i was putting on to try i was having a, it, it just it was just too much it was to the point to where i have a full body mannequin at home and and I would take that mannequin just to make the most realistic scenario possible. Because think about it. When you take CPR, they tell you, 
okay, so you arrive on scene or you arrive to find this patient or this person passed out. What are you going to do? That's not even decently realistic. So I got, I was like, I'm over this. So I went and I bought a complete full body mannequin, arms, legs. He, he weighs about 120 pounds. So when I would do my CPR classes, for somebody that the, usually the person that coordinated with me in order for me to come into the organization to be able to teach usually already had the car and didn't need it. So I used them as my test dummy <laughs> and I would say, hey, I want you to go to work on the day of the class and I want you to pretend like you just don't feel good. Just don't feel good. And then once I got there, I was like throughout the day, make it make it worse, make it worse. Let your family know what's going on because any event somebody try to call. So I would get there and then I would make that person disappear. They were there the entire time. And all of a sudden they're not there anymore. All of their stuff is there, but they're not there. And I would time from the time I told them to go disappear somewhere to the time somebody realized that they were gone. And then watch them go into a complete, utter panic. And then everything that I just taught you went out of the window. Because at that point, we're calling a caller. For instance, the last time I did it, they called the person's cell phone. And the cell phone was ringing. And somebody was like, here, you got to call it again. I'm like, it's right there. <laughs> Why are you calling it wow. again? Well, let's call our house. But mind, mind you, the, the person's family had was already informed that, they're probably going to call in. Why? And her husband was like, no, she's not. She's not here. She's like, well, her stuff is here. Will she be anywhere else? She's like, no, if her keys and her stuff is there, she's probably still there. What do you mean she's not there? To act like he's in a panic. So they're walking around, things of that nature, looking for him or whatever. And the, the woman wasn't there. I had hidden the, the mannequin in the female bathroom and sat him on the toilet in a very awkward position. So after about five minutes or so, I was like, has anybody checked the bathroom? When they went in the bathroom and they saw the mannequin there that was dressed exactly like the woman was dressed that day, mm. then they was like, oh, okay, I get what's going on now. But I didn't say anything. I just stood there. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Because now we're five, six wow. minutes into That's pretty, this. Uh, pretty way to make, <laughs> yeah. make, 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 it, make it real. Because nobody ever just passes out right there in front wow. of you in this control situation. So they had to maneuver this mannequin out of this really small stall. Before they started CPR on them, they were eight minutes into them. After 10 minutes, the likelihood of somebody coming back is slim. We're eight minutes into it and you haven't wow. even started CPR yet. It took you five minutes to figure out that she was gone. So things like that. That's serious. That right happened there, to, wow. <laughs> to like, put I'm in antics. go to your CPR class. But it was something that they never would forget at that point. Yeah. Because not only because they're not dealing with a mannequin that doesn't have arms and legs. They have to maneuver them out of the bathroom, out of the stall, get them on the floor in a position to be able <laughs> to do CPR and then re still remember to go get the AD. Somebody still got to remember to call 911 mm -hmm. and at that point. But they saw at that point that, did you really, <laughs> do you really know it as well as mm -hmm. you think you do? And from that point, I was able to deal with how they felt while, while the person was missing and let them know this is how long it took. And then it was an eye opener for them. And I was like, and that, that's usually how it happens. Wow. So you need to be prepared for that. Yeah, I think I would remember that class if I went to your class with that scenario you just painted. That definitely would be something I would remember if I went to a CPR class. Because most of the time people go and they're like, I got to get my car. Yep. I don't want you to leave with just a card. I then, want you to leave with an experience and the knowledge. Just if I pass out anybody that I teach, I would hope that when you leave my class, I can trust that you know what you're doing. You know, because people are just like just standing around mm -hmm. waiting for their turn. Like, yeah, you know what? I got to go pick up my kids. Yep. Oh, what I'm going to cook something dinner else, tonight. Maybe. You know, like their brain is somewhere else. Yep. And that's that the thing is <clears throat> one of the things that I, I 
pre-sent out this packet and I get people to fill it out so I can see the number of kids that they got, things of that nature, get to know each one of the students as much as they will allow me in so that I can make these classes as real as possible. And then if they have a picture of a loved one, I always ask them to bring it in with them. So in the in the moments where where we are then using a mannequin, I'll take the picture of whoever that they have and slide it right next to the mannequin. That because that was the closest thing to something real that I got. And and when they're trying to zone out and go somewhere else, I slide that picture next to you. Then it in my brain, I'm hoping that it awakens something in you that this could be that person that you're mm -hmm. very well looking at right now, even though what you're pushing on. It doesn't have any arms yeah, and legs. We're we just, we just going to disregard just that. Just, just mannequin. <laughs> yeah, it's just a mannequin. But so that that's one of the things that in working with notion theory that I'm hoping that we can accomplish is by being able to change. If I'm working hypothetically with uh, somebody that are serving active duty people, putting the, per the avatar in there is in a uniform. Because I want it to look like somebody that is going to look normally to you. So if I'm going to the school, you're going to do adult CPR. But I want to make those kids as real as possible. Because I'm, I'm thinking that like all the Army training uh, we've done far as medical, uh, you know, quick trauma or ABC work. And, you know, we have virtual reality for like vehicles flipping over, mm -hmm. weapon simulators, you know. Flight simulators. Flight simulators. So, you know, I've, I, I'm thinking back. I think I've never seen anything virtual reality far as uh, first aid. It's not. You know, I, I know outside we, of watching. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know we do. Well, some of the scenarios I've been um, within my organization, our stuff is pretty. We try to get as realistic as we can. Mm -hmm. um, but some other organizations who who don't have those resources, you know, like uh, in my organization, if a guy goes down. Um, he's actually getting stuck. Right. Like we're not simulating like, no, you, you <laughs> same know, thing I went like, yeah, you, you yeah. actually getting, same thing I had to know, go through. Um, <laughs> we stuck each other. Or, you know, and then we have other ways. So if a guy gets shot, we, you know, we use other resources mm -hmm. to simulate that. And it's like, you're dealing with real elements, right. Um, but not the actual human, but you still, you know, we're going through the same procedure, you know, mm -hmm. stopping the bleeding, you know, using Curlax, you know, straight trauma procedures right away. Tampons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it old school Car with that Karen, tampons. <laughs> tampons. In, in <laughs> like, what are you doing with this? Like, like, just in case somebody gets no, shot. No, no, no. no. That's, it's that's, not what you think. I yeah, swear to God, it's not, not what you think. think so, but, <laughs> but I can see that being a part of, you know, big picture. So what do you see upskill um, in the next uh, three to five years? Hopefully having some defense contracts to be able to teach um, their medics. And essentially, I feel like everybody should have a CPR card um, or have seen not necessarily the card, but we can give you the card. <laughs> but but being trained on it more or less than anything, um, getting having virtual reality, our, our training to be commonplace. So instead of people just getting used to the analog just to get the card to want to to actually want to learn and using us to be able to take their training and make sure that the people that they are sending through this and training is actually equipped so to have multiple organizations that we're partnering with to help them with their any at this point any kind of any type of emergency response training because yeah. we can we do workplace um certifications things and working with insurance companies to see if 
we can partner up so that if a person goes through our blueprint training and we certify their home, possibly getting their insurance premiums low, lower because they know that they've gone through extra steps to try to. Is that a thing now? Like, uh, no, like no, no health cut rate on insurance. No. I mean, cause I, I know for like driving, if you go to, you know, a, a defensive driving or you actually take some, lessons you probably you can get, get your premium little, you get premium uh dropped a little right. bit right we're, but we're looking to work with different insurance companies um mm-hmm. homeowners or health insurance companies that that or that would be willing to partner us with and help their um their customers out <laughs> by by doing that and then we have a network of customers that we can help them with as well because so. i can see that as a benefit for an organization that provides insurance if they get their staff trained exactly in some basic medical care you know and the workplace hey you get a, a discount on your you know organization uh health care plan if right you, if your staff is trained right you know, or the likelihood th- of you know people having it like how many people have had an issue at work some medical issue at work and 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 probably died or something didn't. I'm gonna go say the number is pretty high, yeah. um, because eighty percent of out of hospital um, sudden cardiac arrests occur at home. So if you or outside, of, if you're talking eighty percent of them, how many of those you know happen at work that don't go documented that way? I can't give you the specific number, but it's it's quite a few. And then on top of that. We are partnership with Zoll AED, so we make sure <laughs> that we can get you the AED to make sure that you have it for your organization, mm-hmm. and then we maintain it for you. So, because a lot of times with these organizations, they'll have the AED just to make you know codes for whatever you know that they need to operate in that building, but the batteries ain't been changed in fifteen years. So, <laughs> so even if you go to go use it, it doesn't it's work. Not even working. It doesn't work. I'm running. I've come to calls where. That they say, well, oh yeah, the AED is there, but it doesn't work. Well, how long has it been not working? I don't know. It hasn't been working since I've been here, you know. And that's not a problem with a person, and you don't know you need it till you need it. And and we're trying to eliminate that. So we come in monthly to make sure it's checked. We make sure that the batteries are are switched out, things of that nature. And if it's not working, we do the maintenance on it. And we replace it. The same thing with our headsets. Also, to being able to get it at uh, Upskill VR in school. So something as middle middle school as an option i feel like every child should know cpr especially with childhood obesity being the way that it is and and people going to schools and the way that they are you know that kids need to know that so if making it a part of school curriculum um as an option like an elective well it used to be like it did health classes it did you know, because that's where I learned CPR. That's where I learned CPR. Um, and, you know, we had the mannequin, the dirty mannequin. What's up with you dirty mannequins? With that sweatsuit. Yeah. Or no, like, you have a mannequin with no clothes. Like, you have to put clothes on the mannequin. Like, that's, that's what I remember. from 1982. That's like, been on a mannequin since the, the, 1982. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if they did, I think. After a while, they started putting arms and legs on the mannequin. Well, ours had arms and legs. Uh, but it'll be like some old school <laughs> two-stripe, two-stripe jogging suit. Not not Adidas. It had a two-stripes, not three-stripes. Uh, yeah, ours had this red, red yeah, jogging suit. Like red. And I'm like, is this, where did you get this from? The, 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 the mannequins in school remind me of, uh, what's the scary movie? 
the dude. Not is it Jason with the mask? Yeah. Like, like uh Michael Myers? Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that same <laughs> that's how the mannequins oh <laughs> I'm not joking. You it know, you, you, know you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. being for real right now. Like that's what the mannequins. It so does. You, so you get over this this mannequin and you take your alcohol swab and you like you and gotta go down dirty. there. Alcohol like, swab come back brown. Like oh my goodness, I remember that. But but I think I think now in this era with kids, you know, we're kids living in a digital age. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a big home run. And I see you. You got a, you got a big open um, playing field there yeah. with this. Just One, just in CPR alone, right? You know, first first aid, and I think I think people we could definitely use that. Yeah, uh, all right. If we couldn't come into schools, I had I was talking with a couple of people and going into colleges because you have um, curriculums like a lot health, nursing, psychology, whatever. Um, and having the colleges lease the headsets from us hmm. and we train their staff on how to use them and then we let them be a college and let them do it. And the only thing we have to do is come in and maintain the headset, update it, something goes wrong, replace it, things of that nature. But their staff is actually hmm. teaching it. That was a, that was a, what's a setup cost? Like what's a, a one training kit cost a setup? For us or, or total or for somebody else? Just like... <laughs> Give me, give me, give me a ballpark on like what's the setup cost for, you know, like the training kit. It's just a headset. Just one headset. That's it. It's a headset. Really? Now we now it's one headset per person. Okay. So and one mannequin per person. So it's no and the scenarios where you have a two rescuer because you know in CPR they had to do it with two rescuer. We always use a full body mannequin for that. Now the full body mannequin. Hit me up for about twenty five hundred dollars. Hit me up for about twenty five. Mannequin costs that much for a mannequin, like for a full CP- body mannequin. A CPR mannequin? No, a regular CPR mannequin. You can get them as low as a hundred bucks, mm. but the ones that I got. <laughs> oh, you got the special. The, the ones that you were talking about with the lights yeah. on, and those can get a oh, little expensive. Oh, really, really. And then I have one that um, is the Braden Pro mannequin mm. for, and I use those for primarily for students and can't want to say students i mean middle school and high school kids that have not they know that should know anatomy and physiology but they don't and what it does when you do the chest compressions the path that the blood will travel up to the brain it lights up so if you're doing the chest compressions correct the brain the, the actual mannequin's head will light up mm. and if you're not the path, the, the you can see the path of the blood light up, but the brain won't, wow. and that's the whole point in doing CPR is getting that blood to that the brain yeah, and right. to, and it's it's a hit <laughs> with them because they can actually see the point in which in which they're doing. Um, we have link loop learning device, all kind of things that to to get them involved, but they're the the big win. Everybody's just waiting to put on 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 the headset. They just but, want to put the headset on, that's, right? But yeah. for the people who can't tolerate it, we have other things for them to make it as real as possible as we can. Things like that that mannequin that I can still play your chest compression rate and all that thing back to you because it's attached via Bluetooth to my wow. iPad, so I can see. I don't have everything. to Mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, it's not my iPad. 
It's my Android because the app is not on. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> so sorry, Apple sorry. people. Sorry, <laughs> but no it's iPad. A, it is an Android app. Android's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. but it's attached to my Apple's Chromebook. Better. Uh, if, Apple's better. I eat my apples. I don't talk yeah. on them. Vegan. So <laughs> <laughs> apples, apples better. Yeah, I like apples. So why are you here in the VIR? What do you? What's 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 your outlook? You know, how are you planning to leverage this platform? You know, the resources we have here through Bunker Labs to help you build uh, upscale VR. So I want to be able to reach out to as many people as I can and just get to spread the word about it, basically. Um, and just get it out there because we have the product. We have everything now. We're just at the point. We're just trying to get it out there get some hopefully get some contracts line, lined up so we can start to do more because the more we get ourselves out there, the more contracts that we're able to gain, the more traction that we're able to get, the further we can reach out because we're not limited just to the DMV. We can go anywhere in the U.S. right now. Um, from this, I'm in the works of trying to start a nonprofit to take this overseas to be able to provide CPR training to people in less fortunate areas of the world but provide it to them for free and stem that to using VR, give that to them over there. So my goal is to have for every one person here in the U.S. that, that pays for the training, one person will be able to get trained overseas. All right. That's nice. That's nice. Everybody. CPR for everybody. Everybody. Everybody, everybody, everybody. needs v to know. VR for everybody. If so you are a human or you know a human, mm -hmm. you need to know CPR. CPR. We have it for the pets as well. So we have a pet. I actually have two pet CPR instructors. But wait a minute. There's back up. There's so CPR, CPR for, pet, for pets. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've seen. Yeah. My little dog. I don't know his breath. Don't smell too hot sometimes. Yeah, but do you? Even, do you, have, it, do you have to, so, so for a pet now, now you we open that door. So, oh lord. Like, <laughs> so for a pet, like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, walk so, me through that. Like, so, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued now. Like, so it depends on the size of the dog, but the hand placement is the same no matter what. But there, you know, you can't lay a dog on his back, mm. so you lay it on the side and you put a hand under them and over the top. And yeah, <laughs> there are ways that you can breathe for them, but this is a way that you do their CPR for them. So you still give them... And yes, you, we get calls. I mean, how many cases you've had of a dog or a cat or... Is In this my only career? limited to dogs and cats or... Yes, for us, yes. <laughs> I so, can't help you. So you have had dog. somebody actually call about their dog or yes. cat being passed out in my career i've only had it four times really four times with somebody no, to tell me about that yeah, i want to know about that they call one the first time it was the dog that was choking and there's a way to do the heimlich on a we're not supposed to call a heimlich anymore it's a way to help a dog if they're choking and luckily one of the other firefighters that was there with me that walked in the house before i did already knew <laughs> how to do it so we were able to help that dog out and we just advised the you know the owner to take him to the, to the wow. vet um there are other times that <laughs> we've gotten called and the dog wasn't choking the dog was just out <laughs> mm. so at that time i had no idea People love their pets man. yeah i had no idea what to do for a dog because i mean they don't train us then that, that, that was my next question is no. like, so do you even get it's just theory no so no no the pets, of, our actual pet cpr class you actually okay, there's so an you actual certification actually, but in like your initial training in no. ems you know i mean i think the theory is still the same right like you know air so, 
air oxygen and, blood going to the brain yeah you know, the concept that. is the same okay. how okay. you do it how you do it is a little bit yeah. different the mechanics is different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and okay. but they do they i never got trained on it i can't say what other counties and states do but carla has never <laughs> so basically what she's saying people don't don't if you call and carla show up your pet might not make it. No, because I know now. <laughs> I know what to do now. <laughs> but that's not an area that I particularly am as well versed in yeah. as the two pet CPR instructors that, okay. that work for um, Upskill. And we get all our newest, we're getting a part of our advisory board is a veterinarian. So. Um, wow. one of those instructors we have we have a scientist on our advisory team like wow. we make a neuroscientist so we make sure that what we're doing is like a, legit, a, legit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's not an area where Carla <laughs> particularly is is as passionate that's why you got an expert you yeah yeah expert exactly so I have people that are very passionate about pets yeah. that's why I hired them wow. um, we make sure that people that are deaf and hard of hearing mm. We have we have options for them to take oh, CPR really? as well. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. That's that's actually another section we haven't hit, like the the blind and deaf. Mm-hmm. They still have to know too. Wow. So, um, so was, I mean, give me a quick overview. How does that work for somebody who's a, either blind a, or deaf? We haven't we haven't had we don't have it for the blind. We have mm-hmm. it for the deaf and hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. And I have an instructor. He's a police officer at Gallaudet University, so he teaches all those courses wow, for wow. me and he's actually deaf. you got to cover you got everything covered yeah, Pets. He's deaf. yeah he's deaf oh so, really yeah nice so nice, nice. um i met well, him not nice that he's deaf but nice yeah that he's, yeah and yeah, i yeah. met him when i was a police officer at georgetown university yeah. he was, so, a, po- he was yeah. a police officer yeah really when i started when i started off my military career i mm. started off as a master at arms whoa and i cross-rated the court man whoa okay so, okay so yeah okay. i met him when i was over there wow. and well, actually going through our actual police academy that's that's where i met mm. met matthews shout yeah. out to matthews nice, <laughs> but nice. um he he he's gonna take care of all that so i, I don't get in i'm not gonna say that i don't get involved i just make sure i surround myself with people that know way more than i do yeah. about areas a, that i don't know not that much about so matthews is the only person that's on my team that is not a veteran mm. For obvious reasons, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. but he's been in law enforcement for a long no, that's time. That's good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to your point about surrounding yourself, um, I was at a business seminar once, and uh, um, one of the the presenters there was like, "Hey, do you know the difference between an entrepreneur and a CEO?" And then you know, a couple of people threw out a couple <laughs> answers. You I know, know the answer uh, this one. But. Uh, it was basically, you know, an entrepreneur tries to do everything mm-hmm. where CEOs delegate. Delegate, And, and yep. that's when you, um, you you cross that bridge. It's like, you know what? I can't do everything. I need somebody to do this. And then you start building that team. You know, but I if I'm doing everything, how am I going to run the exactly, business? Exactly, you know, so so you're, you're yeah. definitely Mm-mm, a I can't. CEO. And there's just certain things that I just, I'm not as passionate about. Yeah. I'm not, not, not saying that I'm not passionate about pets, but that's just not my. It's just area. not possible to be cover everything. Yeah, I'm it's not. I mean, it's it's just, I mean, the I'm a firm believer in that jack of all. If you uh, jack of all trades is a master at none. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'm good at, and I know what I know, but I also know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> instead of I, I well versed myself in things that 
I can have at least a conversation with Matthews. I can I can talk to Matthews in sign language and <laughs> well enough mm. to I can have a decent conversation nice. with him. But in the event that I'm I'm lost, we have apps. We have things that we can talk yeah, you to. Guys but that's with each other. we can we can communicate. But why spend a lot of time going down that area when I have somebody that's that's a living expert in it. And then it, it helps him out. It helps me out. I learn from him. He learns from me. So I I know enough in the areas where I that's not my expertise to have a conversation. And then I leave it to the experts. Okay. That's why I hired. So let us know uh, where can we find you. This is the point in the show where you get to drop all your social, all your links, uh, all your phone <laughs> numbers, email addresses. So uh, y'all, if y'all y'all can't see me, but I'm getting my phone. Just, just this is your time to go <laughs> ahead and drop. Let people know if you wanna if you wanna upskill VR. <laughs> did I say that right? Upskill. Did I, did I say if you wanna increase your skills you wanna, using you wanna, VR, you wanna skill up through VR. You know what? I was almost. I know we had a conversation about almost that. about to name my business that at one Skill point. Up. But my blog, shout out to my blog, coming, it's coming, it's coming. Mm-hmm. But thank you for that one because yeah. I'm I'm keeping that. Uh, I'm keeping Skill that. Up. Skill up. Skill Our up. blog is coming. Our Skill blog, up. blog Skill up. is coming. Skill up VR. You know the Skill up VR. I mean, we just flipped it, right? Upskill. Skill yeah, up. skill up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, skill up VR. We didn't, we didn't no, flip no. anything. You did that, what? and I just took. It. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do. It. I'm not going to take no credit for that. Like, because so, I mean, it was so awesome. Make sure you go and check out Carla's blog, uh, Skill Up VR. It's coming soon. Out there on the www. The what do they call it now? The internet, the information highway. Like, what's I don't know what these kids calling this thing. The last thing I knew was the internet. I don't know what they calling it. So now. basically, everybody. Ref- I think that everybody refers to whatever platform or channel they're on. So they they just say Facebook or Google or Instagram. They don't say, oh, it's, it was on the internet. It was a uh, yeah. You know, back in the day, it was I like yeah, that. it was on the internet. So everybody just refers to whatever platform. So where can we find you? So um, my website is upskillvr.com. That's U-P-S-K-I-L-L-V-R.com. We are same thing on Facebook and same thing on LinkedIn. Um, If you choose to call us, (laughs) that's fine. We take phone calls too. Um, You can reach us at 202-681-4681. So I'm looking right now. Let me see. I'm on your Facebook right now. Let me see. Do do do. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Can, yeah. We 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 writing. I'm I'm posting a video on your Facebook right now. Right this now. is happening right now, this y'all. Is happening right now. <laughs> can I cancel? Rotate your device. Look at you. <laughs> see how the case. So, see, so this is what, at, this you're what gonna get happens. So, hey, this is your first time live. First live hey. ever, y'all. So we're first doing live. a doing a podcast. Here? Oh, that's, that's how it is. That's hey, how it is. Hey, Chris McPhee, Team Room Talk Podcast here with Collarbone. Upskill VR. Upskill VR, y'all. It's coming out soon. This episode. This will be episode uh, eight, eight or nine. I have to check, make sure. I don't know. But all this your live, Facebook, y'all. Facebook friends out here, you will definitely hear what Carla had to say about learning CPR and just skilling up and being healthy and saving lives. Do you have anything you want to say? Check us out at upskillvr.com, U-P-S-K-I-L-L-V-R.com.